When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. Welcome to episode three of MKT to the Future, Marketing Futurism Podcast. I'm joined by Claire Mannion, Marketing Specialist at Swaggles Hot Dogs. Claire, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. So Claire, we, uh, we were interns two summers ago at Dixon Schwabel Advertising in Rochester, New York. Uh, do you mind filling me in on what you've been up to recently? Yeah. Um, since I graduated, I started a job at Zweigel's, which is a small family owned 140 year hot dog and sausage making company. <laughs> um, and I do basically all things marketing there. Um, a large part of what I do is social media, but being the only in-house marketing person, um, I get to have my hand in a lot of different projects. So my day-to-day is very different. Um, Every day involves social, um, but then I do, I'm part of the product development team. Um, I do copywriting. I write recipe content. I um, manage our kind of community outreach. So sponsorships, I used to travel <laughs> and plan events and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's different every day, but it's super fun. It sounds like you're in an in-house role that's a little bit similar to mine. It's hard to pin down what every day is exactly going to look like because you're doing so much, especially at uh, a food service company like yours. Can you talk about how you just keep it fun and keep it fresh every single day? Yeah, I'm really lucky to have an awesome team. Um, And I, what keeps it fun for me is actually like our customers and our fans. I'm in a unique situation where um, our customers and like our social media followers are almost like a little cult. Like it's very odd. Um, We get very high organic engagement on social. Um, and so that keeps my job fun every day because there's always comments, there's always, um, messages and people sharing their stories about our product and how it's impacted their childhood and their life. And so that's what keeps it so fun for me is working for a brand that people love. Um, so yeah, that's every day is different, but it's fun because of that the people I work with and the people I talk to on the internet. (laughs) So some of my friends from Syracuse who listen to this might not understand when I say uh, Zweigel's hot dogs, how significant that is in Rochester. (laughs) Can you explain what makes Zweigel's different from any other hot dog company in the country? Yeah. So, I mean, we're kind of um, in a unique situation in upstate New York. There's three, um, regional hot dog brands, um, one in Buffalo, one in Rochester, one in Syracuse. Um, so they might not know Hoffman's, um, and they're all family owned and over a hundred years old. Um, and so, um, the quality is way better than like an Oscar Mayer or, um, 
one of the larger brands, but um, what makes it so special, I think is, and what we talk about all the time is creating family memories is, is our why. So we um, create a product that, you know, you have created memories with your family throughout your childhood. And, um, you know, it's not about how much it costs or any of that. It's about like kind of, and then there's an extra element of like the rivalry in a way between hot dogs in these three cities. Um, so it's fun. Um, the brand loyalty is insane. Um, even at larger stores like Wegmans, um, we are outselling the national brands and crazy percentages. So, um, it's a very unique regional product, um, which makes it fun and people kind of associate it with the city, um, a lot of times too. So one of the, one of the best pieces of advice I got, um, hit a call before I started my job and what she told me was to set the tempo Mm -hmm. in your first hundred days in your job. And I think that's especially relevant when you're uh, working on a small in-house marketing team that has a sense of tradition. Can you talk about how you set the tempo at Zweigel's a company with so much legacy, so much character? Yeah. um, I think I, I'm very lucky that my supervisor and my CEO are awesome and let me have complete creative control. Um, you'd think in a company this old that there'd be old ways of thinking and, oh, we can't, we can't post that. Or uh, are you sure that we can talk about ourselves like that? Or I'm not sure about this new digital media stuff, but they are so supportive um, and know that we need to continue to innovate in order to be around for another 140 years. Um, so they've been super supportive um, and kind of, have, I mean, 90% of what I do is 100% up to me. Like no, nobody um, kind of checks over my social posts before I send them out. And I think that's what has helped me really grow and understand the brand and kind of, okay, figure out this works, this doesn't work. Um, and really get to know and connect with the people on the other side of the screen. Yeah. I think in those first hundred days, it's a lot of trial and error and figuring out what you liked from what was being done before and what you think could be better. Um, and I don't know if you, like, was there somebody in your role before you were there? Not necessarily. So I was taking over, um, kind of lessening the load on the team by focusing on digital. So yeah, uh, effectively, yes, the role was there, but it was uh, not standalone. And then I came in. Yeah, yeah. And that can be like a challenge too, is figuring out like how, how do we even want it to look? How, what, what is the best way to go about this? But um And I I look at other brands too and what they're doing, other hot dog brands even. And I have gotten like distracted by, oh, this smaller company has these beautiful um, like professional photographs 
And like, I'd love to have that. But then I look at their engagement and nobody's commenting or saying anything. So sometimes you just have to go off of what, what is working. Like Mm -hmm. our fans don't want to see that I've, I've tried and it's, that's not what they want. So really understanding your audience is what has been really helpful to me over the last year and a half. So one of the things I've stumbled into is in marketing is, and it's not something I ever came into in school. I wish they had talked about is uh, chaos theory, the idea of stumbling into ideas that are unexpected. Um, and when you were talking about kind of looking at other companies, how do you come up with those breakthrough creative ideas? Um, I think what's so important about being in-house is that I can constantly be looking at what what's what are the other companies doing what are um you know what are some social media trends that are going on right now that i can tweet about today um is there like a rochester red wings tweet that i can have a witty reply to and being in out in house it gives me that opportunity to always have always be like right there, ready to say something. And I immediately thought of, um, there was a comedian, Jim Gaffigan, who came to town like right before quarantine and he did a show and had a garbage plate, which is a Rochester delicacy if you're not from Rochester. Um, and he posted about it and loved it. And of, of course we reshared it because it had our hot dogs on it. But then once quarantine started, I noticed because I'm always on Twitter and following that he was doing a YouTube show called Dinner with the Gaffigans where he'd sit down and have dinner with his family and record it. And you could kind of be part of their lovely little family dinner every night. And I thought, well, what if we sent him everything to make a garbage plate? Like that would be so fun. And of course my supervisor was like, yeah, sure. Whatever, do your thing. Um, And he, we sent it and he made a whole video about it and an Instagram post and all this stuff. And if I hadn't been in-house, like on the pulse, like checking all that stuff, I, it would have been a total opportunity missed. Um, so yeah, I think it's just always being on, which is a whole other issue is like being in-house where I'm constantly checking notifications and it just never stops. But when your job is fun, it it's, I'm okay with it being all the time. That makes sense. Totally. And part of that is how do you sell the results of your creativity in that always on culture? It's really tough. Um, especially with social, we, the goal of our social is not to sell a product. Um, it's to continue to be in front of the next generation of Zweigel's buyers um, because, you know, we typically see the person who is buying the hot dogs for the family is, has, has a family of their own. And so how are we going to convince that next generation to be as brand loyal as their parents and as their grandparents. Um, And it's, so it's, that's hard to quantify when you're talking about like results. But um, I was actually just looking at 
like, you know, this year, how we did this year. Um, and I think what's important to show is I found that in the, in 2020, the average engagement rate on Facebook for a food and beverage company was 0.1%. And this year we were at 7.8%. So it's not about like, how much better were we than last year? It's the fact that we've been able to effectively connect with an audience of like a little over 10,000 people um, and do it organically. Like we're, we rarely do paid social. So it's, but it's tough, right? Like I can't say that we sold more stuff this week because of this post. Um, and I think that's the challenge for a lot of social media managers. Um, but it's going back to, okay, why are we doing this? We're doing this to remain in front of families and um, even like children and be, be able to be around for longer. Um, so I don't know. That's really, it's a really tough question. I'm always yeah. trying to. That's great though. I think the engagement rate when mm-hmm. I talk, it's the first thing I look for when I look at a post because there's so many factors when you post it. The one thing you can bank on is that engagement rate. And I think that's a really good view. Mm-hmm. So you have a great feel for the long-term view. And it sounds like you, you do an awesome job of balancing responsibility every day. As one of my mentors says, is uh, knowing when to say when. On that, on that tone, um, you do work with external agencies. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through when you say when as an internal creative and what that looks like? Yeah. So um, I can't do everything. Um, I don't have the time or the skills to do everything when it comes to marketing. So um, sometimes when we say when is um, like technical skills, like I'm not an experienced graphic designer. So if we need new packaging, I could do it, but in order to be a really like successful brand, we need to have good packaging. Like in the stores, it can't just be half-assed like job, you know? So um, we use an agency for package design. We use an agency for um, website design and upkeep. Um, We also use an agency for, um, and some of these are like overlapping agencies, but like brainstorming sessions. um, And those have been super helpful for me as a creative because sometimes when you know a brand so well, you get stuck in it and you just kind of like don't see what's right in front of you or you you think you might know the customer, but there's something else that they want from you. Um, and so one of the brand or one of the agencies we work with does an awesome job um, because they understand our brand, but then can come from it from different perspectives and say, okay, or even we did this with another brand we work with. And I think it could work for you in this other way. Um, so that has been really helpful because um Sometimes I miss the like creative, um, like teamwork yeah, stuff. Out in a basement, yeah, with a fireplace <laughs> and a whiteboard, 
and a kid with a Buffalo Bills tie. I, I know exactly what you're talking yes, about. Yes, the best interns in the world. Yes. Exactly. Um, I do miss that sometimes, but I like have those agencies to go to. And I have some people in my company that have creative minds that aren't necessarily in marketing, which I think is really important too, to leverage those ideas. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how they help us or me as like the in-house person. So on the subject of brainstorming, this is always, this is my final question for every guest. It's a futurism exercise where you have to make a prediction about what's coming down the pike in 15 years. So what does the in-house, what does the in-house marketing team look like in 15 years? Hmm. I think that there's going to be, I think that a lot of social is going to be moved in-house um, because I think social is going to thrive as well as influencer marketing and micro-influencer marketing. Um, I mean, we've seen even just like this year, um, I'm trying to think like the Travis Scott for McDonald's. Um, I think there's going to be like huge influencer stuff like that happening. Um or in new influencers like Charlie D'Amelio um, and like what she did with Duncan. So I think customers really um, connect with people with recommendations from real people and not from the brand. So I think it's going to be the in-house team is going to find ways to connect, not necessarily through the brand itself. If that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Claire, for joining. I really look forward to it. And I am looking forward to summer days again, when I can be out on my grill making Zweigel's hot dogs <laughs> and hopefully my phone in my other hand, looking at some of the great posts and stuff that you're putting out. Oh, um, love to hear it. Stay tuned for more episodes of MKT to the future to hear from young professionals like Claire, who have a great vision of what's coming down the pike for marketing.